What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting preview for this week's Ryder Cup. A quick housekeeping note, the live chat for this week is going to be Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. That's right. Instead of the normal Wednesday time slot, because this event starts on Friday, the live chat is going to be on Thursday. And hopefully we are getting more indication of who will be playing with who come Friday morning. So here in this preview, um, we're just going to talk through all the different types of bets. The Ryder Cup is essentially the Super Bowl. Uh, When it comes to betting options for golf, there are uh, a bunch of props and exact score stuff. So it should be a lot of fun. It's a great team aspect. Let's jump into the betting board. Okay, I'm going to share my screen here, and this is uh, oddschecker.com. I do a a video preview with them, Jeff Feinberg and myself, every single week. And what I like is they just give you the grid, right? So you can see what the odds are at all the different books. Um, A lot of these books uh, I have an offer for free bets on. So if you go to rickrungood.com slash bets, a lot of these books, like Caesar specifically, offering up to $5,000 in free bets. It's absolutely crazy what they're doing right now. Uh, but let's just start with kind of what everybody always wants to know. Uh, who's going to win? And the United States team is the favorite. The best odds that you can get on the USA team uh, at, is at BetMGM. They're minus 185. If you look at the European side, uh, basically across the board, plus 200. Uh, now, here at Circa, uh, I saw them at plus 210, and I will tell you, I took it. Uh, don't hit me with the, the patriotism takes. This is a straight, uh, value bet on a team that I think is very, very live at plus two ten. And let's talk through how I got to, uh, to that decision. Number one, the case to be made for the Americans almost starts and ends at raw talent, right? That that's the case raw talent. Um, you've got some guys that aren't particularly playing well at the moment. Jordan Spieth struggled recently. Colin Morikawa has struggled recently. You have some guys that uh, clearly don't get along. Brooks versus everybody else. Uh, you've got Bryson there lingering as well. Um, there's just there's just a lot of concern. You've got six rookies on the team, but the good news is they're they're by far more talented than the European team. However, uh, the Ryder Cup uh, match play, alternate shot specifically, it's a game of trust. Uh, It is a game of everyone pulling in the same direction. It's why Europe has won seven of the last nine of these, despite probably being dogs in all but but one of them. Um, And what I actually think is kind of going a little bit overlooked here, there's there's this discussion around setting up whistling straights to benefit the American team. And and it's certainly going to benefit the American team because it's going to be long. It's going to be 7,300 yards as a par 71. There's going to be a couple of really diabolical holes. They're going to be super, super long. Um, but if you look at the regression model that I have at rickrungood.com, driving distance, definitely very important. Strokes gained off the tee, critical. Uh, now, strokes gained off the tee is made up of both distance and accuracy. Well, if you look at strokes gained off the tee for the last 365 days for the players who are going to be teeing it up here. Here, let me do this on my website. So since not, let's just do so September 1st of 2020 for players in this field and sort them by uh, strokes gained off the tee. Bryson DeChambeau is number one. No surprise there. The next five golfers are European. John Rahm, Sergio Garcia, Victor Hovland, Rory McIlroy, Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, there is a 
There is a freedom to being the underdog. Um, there is a freedom to not being expected to to win this. And what do we see in match play? We see this at the WGC. We see this all the time. This is the most volatile form of golf that we get. Um, alternate shot. Uh, you know, best ball, which is which is four ball. The Sunday singles, you know, 18 holes in match play. It's very, very volatile. So I opted to go with the European side. I got it at plus 210. Um, plus 200, I think, is a very good number. And we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. Do I feel bad about rooting for the Europe team? No. Uh, do I think there's good value on it? For sure. Do I think they're being overlooked? Absolutely. Um but there's other props here that I think are equally as fascinating. So let's get to a couple of those. Hey guys, real quick, not sure if you heard, but Caesars bought William Hill and they have now rebranded the William Hill Sportsbook as Caesars Sportsbook. And because of this, they're going absolutely bonkers outside their mind with promotions. And the big one is that they're offering $5,000 in free bets. That is not uh, an exaggeration. You did not mishear me. $5,000. It's the highest I've ever seen. It is uh, by far, I'm sure, the highest any book has offered since gambling has become legalized state by state. It's it's absolutely nuts. You don't have to use it for golf. You can use it for whatever. Go to rickrungood.com slash bets. See if it's available in your state. I'll keep you updated as more states roll out. I know there's a couple coming uh, on the horizon here, but my goodness, it is uh, something you should definitely be taking advantage of, of, of if you have not yet. Let's start with top U.S. point score. So basically to be the top point score, you're probably going to need about three and a half points, something like that. So opportunity is going to be a big one because you can only play uh, five matches or five sessions in total if you play every single one. Justin Thomas is the clear-cut favorite. He's six to one. Uh, bet three. Uh, bet MGM has been six to one. A couple places do as well. Caesars. Um, the idea is JT is almost certainly going to play five matches, which he has in uh, the one Ryder Cup that he's played and in the two President's Cups that he has played. He's played all five matches in all of them. Uh, with a great pairing like Jordan Spieth, he is certainly going to do the same thing this time around. Now, would you be willing to uh, bet Spieth here at 7.5 to 1? Because presumably, he's going to get as many points as Justin Thomas is through the four ball and foursome sessions of this, uh, but then we're going to have to figure out the single situation, and there's this kind of really interesting little nugget here. Um, and let me let me pull this up for you. Jordan Spieth in Sunday singles across Ryder Cups and President's Cups. 0-6. Yeah, has never won a singles match. Has never even had a singles match, which is concerning. And there's actually um, some, some data to back this up that the guys who play five matches struggle more in singles than their peers, which is kind of interesting. You think some fatigue might be setting in as well. So that's kind of the difference between um, maybe those two prices there between Justin Thomas at six to one and uh, Jordan Spieth at seven and a half to one. Now, I think there's a couple of other interesting bets that I would make here. Um, Patrick Cantlay at seven and a half to one to me is a, uh, I don't want to say a must bet, but basically a must bet. He has a really good partnership, likely with Xander Shoffley. He's likely to play four or five matches. He is devastating to play in match play. If the putter gets hot, 
Otherwise, he's just good. He he shows no emotion. You're not going to rattle him. He plays kind of slow. He would just be a very difficult guy to play in match play. He's seven and a half to one. That's one bet that I would make. A much more volatile bet, and this has actually been steamed over the course of the last couple of days, is Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, if DeChambeau, so here's what you need to be prepared for. On Friday morning or Thursday night, when we get the Friday morning pairings, we you need to be quick here. You're going to be able to be faster than the books for sure. You're going to be able to get out there and beat the books if they move any of these numbers. But if you see Bryson DeChambeau go out Friday morning, uh, I think you have to bet this at nine to one. He is going to be uh, kind of a hot hand type player. Think about think about his skill set. Remove everything that you know about Bryson DeChambeau off the golf course and think about what he does on the golf course. He makes a ton of birdies and he makes a ton of bogeys. In four ball. That's okay, because your partner probably picks you up a lot of the time. You make a lot of birdies. You're very, very valuable. Alternate shot, that's a little bit more concerning, but don't you think there are going to be a couple of guys on the American team who are dying to play with the longest hitter on the PGA Tour? I'm thinking yes. I'm thinking, hey, put me in some spots that I've never been before. He's also a very, very good putter, um, which is kind of devastatingly good in in some of these formats. So I'd be very interested to see if he goes out Friday morning, you're going to get an indication of how many matches he's going to play. The the other thing to to note here is um who will Bryson play with? At this point in the week, I'm thinking it's Scotty Scheffler. I'm recording this Tuesday morning. We have seen a couple of um press conferences, we've seen a couple of practice rounds where they kind of go out in groups of four. I'm thinking the likely scenario is Scotty Scheffler. I also thought that Daniel Berger and Harris English would be good matches for that, but we might see Scotty Scheffler out there. He's 16 to 1 to be the top American. If him and Bryson get hot, they might just stay together all week long. And Scotty Scheffler at 16 to 1 to be your top US point scorer is not all that bad, right? He maybe plays four times with Bryson, uh, maybe plays three times with Bryson, gets two and a half points, then wins a singles match, and now it's three and a half, and that's probably good enough to win at 16 to 1. It's it's a really interesting dynamic. So I'm interested in whoever goes out with Bryson. And then the other one, sorry, I know I'm giving you a lot of options here, but there's a lot of ways this can play out. Um, Tony Finau at 12 to one is sneaky good for top us player. We've seen him play very, he played very well in France, um, makes a lot of birdies, hits it far, can be paired with anybody. I think he plays more than we're expecting him to. So th- those would be the guys that I would, I would focus on. So I've already made bets on, um, Kentley and Finau. I will wait to see until Thursday night, Friday morning to probably get Bryson and whoever his partner ends up being. The European side, uh, top European is much more top heavy, right? John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, three and a half to one and five to one to be the top European point scorer. These two are almost certainly going to play all five matches. Rory McIlroy has played all five matches in each of the last four Ryder Cups. And then the fifth one ago, a decade ago, he played four out of the five matches. So you know he's going to play a lot. John Rahm uh, seemingly on pace to play five as well because that's that's the path to victory for the European team. The path to victory is the stars showing up and shining brightly. John Rahm getting you three, three and a half points. Roy McIlroy getting you three, three and a half points. That's, that's the pathway to them winning this event. So they're going to play a lot. Then after that, it's kind of a toss-up. And I think that the Europeans um, will, will opt for the hot hand. Um, now who that ends up being, maybe we'll see, you know, with those opening pairings, who's, who, who can get hot and and likely roll out four or five sessions. 
I think Paul Casey's a really good candidate for that. Uh, he's 10 to 1 basically across the board. DraftKings has him at 8 and BetMGM has him at 9, but you can get him at Caesars for 10 to 1. And um, the thing with Paul Casey is he plays an American style of golf. You know, whistling straights is not going to be too big for him or too hard for him or anything like that. He's a great ball striker, uh, is going to need to hopefully be paired with a good putter. Uh, maybe we can get some Paul Casey, I don't know, Matt Fitzpatrick pairings. That would kind of be fun, something like that. Uh, but Paul Casey at 10 to 1 to be the top American, I, I, I just think that the the third spot in this American, or in the, excuse me, uh, it, it, the third spot in this European lineup, if you're like power ranking these guys, I think it's up in the air. You, you assume it's going to be Victor Hovland, but he's a rookie. He's his first time. You don't know what you're really going to get out of him. Paul Casey, Paul Casey at 10 to 1 is very, very interesting. I'm not sure I would bet anybody else here. I do think that Matt Fitzpatrick is a hair undervalued at 16 to 1. He's a much better driver of the golf ball than he was at any other point in his career. That's going to come in handy here. Um, Puts it well. I don't know if he's going to get out enough. Again, if we see him out on Friday morning, I'd be more apt to bet this 16 to 1 number. Top combined point score. So this is a little bit more difficult. So this is kind of where you have to think, you know, probably the guy who who uh, is the top point scorer probably comes from the winning team. Not doesn't have to, but but likely. Uh, so everybody's odds kind of get longer here. I think that well, first of all, I did already bet uh, Tony Finau. Circa had Tony Finau thirty five to one or thirty to one. Now down to twenty five, uh, sixteen to one in some places, which makes me think that I made a good bet. The Interesting one here is Scotty Scheffler, 41 to 1 at, I think that's FanDuel, at FanDuel to be the top point scorer. So the Europeans, or uh, I keep screwing this up, the Americans have an interesting situation where half the team is a rookie. And a lot of times in Ryder Cups, um, you know, rookies, they get like, okay, you're going to play your two, maybe three matches and we'll see you in a couple of years, that, that type of thing. Um, but with a team that, that half of it is rookies, they're going to have to play these guys. And if Scheffler gets a really good pairing and goes out Friday morning, maybe with Bryson, which is again, what I think is going to happen here on Tuesday morning. I don't know if they're going to go out on Friday morning, but I think that's what Bryson's pairing is going to be. Um, 41 to one is really, really long. Incredibly long. So I, I would be interested in that. Um, now, when it comes to kind of the exact score situation or margins, let me pull up some of those. The exact score props, and this is actually day one. Let me grab full on. This, to me, is a little bit of a fool's errand. Um, both, uh, so, so 15 to 13 in favor of the United States is, um, it's the shortest odds. It's 9 to 1. And then you kind of get, you know, Europe 14 and a half to 13 and a half. That's 10 to 1, along with U.S. 14 and a half, 13 and a half. This, to me, is a little bit of a fool's errand. So we talked about this uh, a little bit with the Tour Championship, where you need, you need the uh, what no matter what sport it is or whatever it is the athletes' incentives to align with your incentives. That's not always going to be the case for the correct score prop because if this thing is over with four matches still out on the golf course, those four matches and the players in those four matches have kind of lost all incentive to really care. Right? It's over. It's been decided. Um, which 
scares me. And now you go from a situation where, okay, you know, maybe you had four matches or three of them were tied, but this thing is already over. Uh, the the losing or the team that won, they don't really care. It's just, it's just we, we've lost all incentive. And I, I do not like when my incentives do not align with the with the athletes out there. So you're probably not going to find me betting any exact scores, uh, but the margins exist. The margins of victory exist. And quite frankly, maybe I made a little bit of a misstep here. And I might just have to re-bet this. Um, If you're betting Europe to win, or you might, maybe you don't want to bet Europe to win, but you want to kind of hedge in some way, Europe to win by one to three points is three and a half to one. Remember, they're plus plus 200 to to, uh, hoist the trophy or to win. Uh, actually, to win, to hoist the trophy, their odds are a little bit shorter because that includes um, them tying. They would retain. They would retain the, the Ryder Cup. But if you assume if Europe wins, it will be close. It'll be by one to three points. That's three and a half to one on your money. So maybe that's actually a better bet than just saying Europe wins. Europe winning by one to three is three and a half to one. Um, because then, if like you don't assume that Europe's going to blow out the United States team, four to six points is nine to one. Seven or more is eighteen to one. You assume that's not that's not going to happen. Um, so I I would probably consider coming back here and hitting the the Europe by one to three point scenario. And you can make really correlated bets with this, right? Like what is what's the likely outcome if Europe wins by one to three? Rom and Rory probably played really well. So if you bet Europe at plus three fifty to win by one to three, and then you went and got what was it uh, three and a half to one and five to one on Rom and Rory to be top European point scores or even top overall point scores. Like those are correlated bets that in golf a lot of times we don't get opportunities to make correlated bets, right? Because there's there's individual players out there doing their own thing. Um, this is one of the few opportunities that you can make a really correlated card for what you believe the outcome is going to be. The final one that I'll leave you with uh, actually was presented to me by uh, Jeff Feinberg when we did do this odds checker preview, and I liked it, and, and it makes a lot of sense. So he likes the day three winner, which is Sunday singles, to be the United States, minus 152, Europe is, is plus 175, and the draw is 700. That is uh, just for day three, just for singles. So 12 guys go out, um, they play against one another. Now, this kind of cuts into my... Europe is going to win thing, but maybe this is the hedge that I make uh, because in theory, singles, uh, Sunday singles, you know, it, it probably should be the, the least volatile of formats because everyone's playing their own ball. It's more standard match play. The United States team, uh, if you just line these guys up, you know, 12, uh, you know, one versus one, two versus two, whatever it ends up being, and, and it's not always going to be like that, they're probably favored in 10 maybe 11, depending on the matchups at worst, like nine of the 12 matches, they're probably going to be favorites in. So for them to win day three minus 152 makes a lot of sense. And maybe this is the way that I hedge some of the, some, if I build out a card that is heavily correlated for a, a European victory, maybe this is my, my little hedge, or uh, maybe we see how the first couple of days go and, and, and then we make this bet. But it, it does make sense that when you line up the 12 versus 12 uh, with the U S being such, such favorites in, in likely all of the matches uh, or most of the matches, not all of them because Rom won't be an underdog. um, And Roy probably won't be either depending on who he gets is, is intriguing. And it's very, very interesting. So 
a million different ways to go. Uh, you can leave in the comments what you what your favorite bet is. There's so many options that I didn't even I didn't even cover. Uh, so leave me with that, or you can tweet me as well at Rick Run Good. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.